Welcome to the Clovis Sports Report, July 15th. We're recording this. I'm Paul Metters. There's Austin Kemp. Austin has been three weeks since we put one of these bad boys out. We, we had a nice break. I don't know. Is that our summer break? What do we, I don't know. What do we call that? Yeah. I mean, there's just, From the, after the baseball season ended, there really wasn't much to talk about, honestly. Um, well, we had to we had to take a deep breath. I mean, it was just a whirlwind of sports yeah. at the end of the year. The last three months were crazy. So right. for for our, our personal mental health and well being, I think you know three weeks off and spend some time with the family. I know you're in Visalia now, doing a bunch of housework. Mm-hmm. So I think pretty it was much, a good nice break. Yeah. It's pretty much done now, which we're excited about. But like, um, they're right. Like we were talking before we started this, and there's just not a whole lot of sports, like local sports and news right now. We're going to hit on a little bit, but um, I think most kids are just out there kind of doing their own thing when it comes to like travel ball stuff or, or just getting ready for the football season. There's not a whole lot to really catch up on right, right now. Yeah, well, it's summer. It's yeah. summer. Summer's supposed to be for recharging, yeah. relaxing, let your body cool down. But for a lot of kids, it is. <laughs> You're like you mentioned, there's – Travel baseball and all that stuff going on. I see some basketball stuff. Football's about to ramp up. But this episode, I, I really enjoyed it. We have Cal High Sports editor Mark Tennis on. We get into a lot of stuff. Um, we talk about whether or not there's SoCal bias against the central section, not only with teams and, and players, but with the media. We talk about top baseball teams in the central section of all time, including the state. He goes into talking about a lot of the, the, uh, the top teams in the state and mentioning NFL players and hall of famers. And we talk about a couple of Buchanan teams, the 19 or uh, the 1958 Fresno high baseball team. We talk about uh, obviously Austin's 2011 Buchanan baseball team, the 16 team, uh, the uh, Clovis high 98 baseball team we also talk about whether or not football and basketball state playoffs are and he gives an argument for both which which is good and uh we talk about a couple of tweets that he made about buchanan baseball so um i think we kind of cleared the air so to speak with that um you know mark was very gracious with his time and gosh what just extremely knowledgeable on, on the state history of, of of california high school sports so I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy it. Um, Austin, what, what kind of spoke to you the most? What, what stands out to you in our 45-minute in our conversation with Mark? Yeah, I just think that he definitely needed to come on after, like, all that. I feel like maybe drama is the wrong word, but those tweets he put off about Buchanan baseball was a good chance for him to clear the air. And uh, as you, when you listen to it, he talks about how those tweets came from an opinion like that he was speaking for the Southern California media and it wasn't necessarily his opinion on the program. And I think that was pretty big to clarify that and talk about that because, you know, I, there was a lot of people in this area, like including myself that were just rubbed the wrong way by those tweets. And, um, you know, if people listen to it and they are, they're good with his answer and good with how he, how he described everything. Hopefully uh, people can maybe get back, get back behind Cal high sports when it comes to uh, like Buchanan parents or players or whomever. Yeah. And I agree. And I think that, well, 
you guys will listen to it and hear, you know, have him speak for himself. But I think, uh, first of all, he really respects Clovis Unified and the Central Valley. Um, I know uh, that Buchanan's won a couple state state schools of the year. That's a high right. honor. And he, he also talked about how um, – how the other sports stand out track and field. And he didn't meant specifically mention a water polo, but that just came to my mind, how we've got a lot of really good water polo programs here and, and cross country. And, and he just, I, I think he, he speaks, well, first of all, he speaks very highly of Clovis unified, but he's come down to a few games. I have some great conversations with him when he's come to games. And so, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, with those Buchanan baseball tweets, um, I think he was just kind of a mouthpiece for, for SoCal and the media bias. So we, we do talk about that, but I, his knowledge of California high school sports was, I mean, it's off the charts. Nobody, <laughs> no, nobody knows California high school sports better than Mark tennis. So um, yeah. And he did talk about, um, you know, COVID and how COVID affected uh, the last few months as well and how it's going to bleed into next season as well. Um, and speaking of next season, August, Austin, football, high school football is going to be here before we know it. We pretty much figured out that practices should start around July 26 on that Monday because first games are starting on August 20th, at least uh, Buchanan. We looked at Buchanan's schedule on August 20th. They're playing at Kingsburg already. Yeah. So I, that means in 12 days is like the first official like summer practice for the like that's like go time. And three days after that, you're putting on the gear. That's crazy to me, kind of, because we were just watching Buchanan play Clovis High at Memorial <laughs> Stadium like like three months ago. That's crazy. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, how do you think, you know, you played football too, but then, but then you took the winter off, right, or worked out, not winter off. You just right. didn't play any sports, and then you came back and played baseball. So just thinking about football, for a typical high school kid that goes through the grinds. And, you know, I know they only play five games, right? They just play a full 10 to 13 game schedule, but how much did your body need to recoup and recover, especially from football? Yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough to play receiver, so I wasn't getting beat up every <laughs> single game, but like those linemen and linebackers and running backs who are just taking a beating, I feel like every single week, I mean, I feel like you at least need like, I feel like you end the season, you take a few weeks off of, like, everything. Like, no lifting, no nothing. And then you just recover. And I feel like that's, like, a month, month and a half. And, like, that, like, if you're, if you're talking when the actual football season ended, that takes you to, like, the end of May. And then it's just, like, it's just, like, see, like, you have to, like, you have to start building your body up so fast because you need to get in that tip-top shape for games. It's, like, I don't know, like the summers, you want to start peaking in your, in your lifts and everything on a normal year. And this year, I feel like it was all about recovery. Yeah. Which I is know. It's just odd. Yeah. And like you mentioned, we just, we just watched Buchanan and Clovis play football like three months ago. Yeah. And they're going to be playing in like a little more than a month, which, which is just wild. Like if you're someone who like, have like say you like broke a bone like the last week of the season, <laughs> it's like – you probably just got cleared like four weeks ago and like you're starting <laughs> practice in 12 days. <laughs> yeah, That's I know. Crazy. It's crazy. We need some sense of, of normalcy to return. Yeah. Uh, as, yeah. As far as I know, as far as what I've heard, everything's going to be back on schedule and we're going to have wrestling again, which kind of, which sucked last year for wrestling. Cause 
wrestling was going to be really good again for Clovis Unified. There's I I'm like 99.8% sure Buchanan would have won state again in wrestling. So wrestling will be back. That'll be good. Everything else will be back on schedule. Um, and sticking with the football stuff, Nate Johnson of, of uh, Clovis High, the quarterback, committed to the University of Utah. He participated in that Elite 11 camp. And they came out with some rankings, right, Austin, afterwards? And I'm not exactly sure what those rankings were, but I think he was ended up number 10 overall for whatever that means as far as the, the players go. Is yeah. that, that kind of how you read that? Yeah, I didn't see an official list. I know there was one, um, but, like, I was tracking, like, the day-by-day, like, rankings, and he was always in, like, around 9 or 10, I feel like. Um, so I, it sounds like he had a pretty good showing. I'm sure his, his 247 rating will, will go up, too. Well, if you're thinking, let's just say those are, those are the best of the best of the, of the upcoming senior class. Oh, if, yeah, he's the ten, sure. if he's the 10th best quarterback out of that group, which you could pretty much say in the nation, right? Yeah. That's, pretty darn impressive yeah i mean if he's if he's true if people like the scouts there think he's truly the number like 10 quarterback or whatever he was ranked in the nation he should be like a he should be ranked as like a top 150 prospect probably what do you think about his commitment to the university of utah first of all it happened a little bit quicker than we thought i was gonna thought it was gonna be the middle of the summer um well maybe it was the middle of summer i don't know um but what what do you what do you think about utah i always thought he was a pac-12 guy yeah, I mean, I like the yeah, I like the fit in the Pac-12. I think he's going to do really well there because I think he'll be one of like the top top athletes when he's on the field. Um, it was strange, like it wasn't strange, but like, it was kind of surprising because it kind of happened fast. And I know he had just visited Michigan, and you know, I'm on the message boards and I read a lot of Michigan stuff, and I'm I read their stuff, and they felt super good about about his visit coming out of it. From what it sounds like, um, maybe it could, I guess it could have been BS, but. I think they thought they were going to get him. And then like, I feel like he committed to Utah within a week from getting home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I was watching videos of him at, at Michigan working out on the field with Harbaugh right there yeah. in the background. <laughs> then, like a couple of days later, he commits to Utah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take yeah. that. I'll take him being on the West coast. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Honestly, um, a decision too, because uh, you know, Michigan, come on. I know. I know. I know. But what the heck are you doing on Michigan message boards? I gotta, I gotta know what's going on with the rifle at all times. What's your screen name on those message boards? I'm a pretty, I'm like a neutral screen name, but I like, to, I like to troll them a little bit. I, I think they think I'm a fan, but I'll post like some condescending stuff. Not surprising. And then a couple other Clovis High alums are going to be in NFL training camps. That's really cool. So Adam Prentice. Um, is gonna who ended up at South Carolina played a, a, as a graduate um, last year and is on the Denver Broncos practice squad and Josh Hokett again is going to be on the Niners practice squad so we'll definitely keep an eye on those two guys and fairly similar players right Austin both just your typical wrestler Clovis High dudes right yeah I mean they're both just <laughs> like they're both like these strong dudes they're both gonna be playing fullback and I don't, I'm not as familiar with Adam, but maybe Hokit might be a little bit more athletic. I don't know that as a fact. That's just kind of like what I remember them in high school. But they're both they're both NFL caliber dudes, obviously. And I hope they uh, I hope we see him on Sundays on the on the big screen. Yeah, I agree. That'll be fun. And obviously, it's very fun to follow Josh Hokit. You know his career. I mean, what what a 
what an individual that kid is. He's, he's just great, just full of personality. Everybody, everybody knows Josh Hokett, so local Fresno State legend as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. So let's listen to, to Mark Tennis of Cal High Sports. Uh, just, just a great interview. Like I said, we could probably talk for another hour or so about the central section and, and all those, and all those things, but I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy that. So um, go ahead and follow Austin Kemp on Twitter, a underscore underscore Kemp at Paul Metters is my Twitter handle. And again, we thank you guys for your support. You know, we mentioned that we took about three weeks off, but we were still pretty active on Twitter and still keeping ear to the ground on stuff. But once things start ramping up, we'll start ramping up a little bit. I know Austin's in Visalia now. He's got a new full-time teaching gig. Mm-hmm. And you're doing fifth grade, right? I'm going fifth grade. Same as me. What's up? Yeah. I mean, we can maybe we can have some meetings about curriculum and bounce some things off each other. I know a couple things. I know how to handle kids. Yeah. So you just, you, Sometimes you just have to stare at them and say, what the heck is wrong with you, man? Yeah, what, like, what, yeah, I do the. I just look at my go tos. Something, and I just, I just shake my head, and turn around. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. What's wrong with you? That's yeah. that's one of my go tos. Um, so anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for all your support. And here is Mark Tennis, Cal High Sports. Well, we got a super fun podcast for you guys today. This is uh, something that I've been looking forward to for a long time, ever since we started the podcast way back in, in October of last year, uh, we have Cal High Sports editor Mark Tennis on. We're going to talk about a lot of really good stuff, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, Mark has been with Cal High Sports or founded Cal High Sports in 1979. Is that right, Mark? Yeah, well, it's with my uncle. Uh, he was kind of the person who had the hobby before I did. Um, he, uh, he started compiling state records in like 1975 as a hobby, and it just kind of grew from there. Um, he realized no one else was really doing this kind of work in California at the time. And I was in college and this long time, I was 40 something years ago. And, uh, I started helping him out and it was fun and went to some games and this is, and it's just, you know, we kind of grew it from, from there. And for 25 years, we, we had a partner, we were student sports of Southern California and had a great publisher named Andy Bark. Um, here we are, we're building yeah. our own website. I have some great part-timers that help me out. Ronnie Flores on the boys' basketball side, Harold Obbind on the girls' basketball side, and some other guys that help me out with write-ups for some of the top teams in football and baseball and softball and kind of make it all work and not have to spend a fortune. So Yeah. Well, what and I've mentioned you plenty of times on, on the radio and in our podcast, mm-hmm. and what I love about about your uh, your website is is your research and your attention to detail and you you explain things very very well. It's not just computer rankings. No. They're the real life people watching games and doing the research. So uh, I I really love what you guys put out and, and your product is 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 amazing. Uh, we're gonna get into a lot of really good stuff. Like I mentioned, some of the top teams in the central section in history, uh, some of the top uh, football and baseball teams. Uh, maybe talk about some of the great coaches that you've seen, but I, I want to mention, this is something that's been on my mind for a long time. And I, I want to get your perspective on where the central section lies in view of, you know, the SoCal and NorCal. Cause I feel like we've always been stuck in the middle, right? Even in state basketball playoffs, even in football, right? We're thrown in the North sometimes and thrown in the South. And, and uh, you know, there's, I think there's just been an identity crisis in a, in a sense, but what, 
what is your view of where the central section is um, in relation to SoCal and NorCal and, and their perspective of us as well? Well, when you say stuck in the middle, um, you're so totally true. It's completely stuck in the middle. Um, and I think part of, part of the, that's, that's part of the issue is, is that for a lot of years, the, southern, the central section was in the Southern California playoffs, which never made any sense to us because there's a lot more people in Southern California already. And to put the central section in the South never made much sense to us. They should, should be more in the North. So we always put central section teams in the north. Um, perhaps nowhere is this in-between land more um, apparent than when you look at De La Salle football. Uh, De La Salle football is probably the top program we've ever covered in 40 years of California sports. As everybody knows, they won 151 straight games. They're number one in the nation um, four or five times, number one in the state 17 times. Um, they have this long win streak right now against, quote, Northern California team <laughs> that goes back to 1991, which we don't count because they lost to Clovis, Clovis yes. West. West. In, in 04, in, in, in 04. So yeah. that doesn't count. And they lost to them on 05. So we don't count that as Northern California. We count it as, a, as Clovis West as being Northern California. And every time De La Salle wins a game, you'll see Northern California journalists say they haven't lost to Northern California team since 1991. And that's, that's patently wrong, at least the way I've always looked at it. Um, so, I mean, it, it, they are definitely stuck in the middle. And then the, um, when you talk about the, um, you know, exact, the other situation I think that, that, that um, makes the problem maybe worse is that you don't have a private school powerhouse, so to speak, in your section. Um, if there was a St. Clovis that got every top kid from the central section to go there and they got recruits from Bakersfield to go there and then they were slaughtering everybody 70 to nothing, then they would go down and maybe play close games with St. John Bosco and modern day. Well, they don't do that. So that doesn't exist. And so it's hard to, uh, you don't have that kind of a super, you know, super private prep school. I mean, San Joaquin Memorial is the fine uh, private school. Garces in the South, but it's, it, let's face it, it's not the same thing as De La Salle. It's not the same thing as as uh, St. Mary's in girls basketball or Archbishop Mitty in girls basketball or, or or it's not the same thing as, as, as the teams in Southern California in a lot of sports, the private schools. Yeah. Now, what the central section does have that really, I think, helps its statewide image if you will if you will is, is there are sports where they do dominate especially wrestling um, everybody knows that all across california that's not just a central section thing you, you hear that we don't cover wrestling really at cal high sports but we follow everything to some degree and we know that the, that that's the way it is in wrestling clovis and, and buchanan and come on i mean it's it's insane and and um that's well known everywhere plus you have uh, the whole state has seized the facilities of, of Buchanan at the state track meet at other events that the central section hosts. Um, so I think by hosting all these events, I think that really helps their image as well. And then once you get into a little bit about, uh, you know, cause I know there's, there is some controversy on, on Twitter uh, about the image that SoCal might have uh, regarding Buchanan baseball. <laughs> um, so what, in, in your perspective, what, what, 
what is there media bias down there in SoCal? Do they think that, you know, they, they are just the top dog until someone knocks them off. And even when someone knocks them off, they got excuses or, you know, what, what can you say about that? Um, that's been there for uh, as long as I've been doing this 40 something years. There's a Southern Cal. It's for pe- It's not people. It, it's not that they're, they just, Part of it is the Southern section is so good and so well-organized and mm-hmm. the best teams play the best teams in the Southern section. And there's just been a uh, tendency that people in Southern California, if, it, if they're not in the Southern section, and this doesn't apply to San Diego, it applies just to the Southern section. Um, they're the best teams, period. We're the best. Nobody can touch us until it's proven otherwise. Uh, we're the, we cruise along, our players are the best, our teams are the best, our coaches, no one touches us. And, you know, we saw that for many, many years in many sports. And, you know, the most, ner- the most nervous I ever was before a game was 1998 when De La Salle played modern day in football, when we were told for 10 years that De La Salle would get slaughtered 40 to nothing by the top teams in Southern California. They just don't play on our level down here. That's the type of stuff we heard every day from many, many reporters, media people. And then they actually played in De La Salle 1 down there in front of 20,000 people. And that was the most nervous I ever was because if they did get beat 40 <laughs> to nothing, I would have been in trouble. But yeah. they didn't. They won. They made us look good. They won the game, and then they proceeded to beat Modern Day three more times. Um, they can't beat them now because, well, the situation's different. But um, at the time, it was very nerve-wracking, and it was, um, you know, that, that sort of kind of come around, you know, Jason Kidd's uh, performance in the state finals where he outscored the entire modern-day team in the third quarter. Things like that sort of happened that, that sort of changed a little bit, moving Southern California people to thinking that, okay, maybe we have the best teams, but sometimes the best team – is from the north, and sometimes the best player is from the north. So I think now that a, a lot more people think that way. Um, and you asked about you know Buchanan baseball. Um, you know they have a great reputation all over California. They were number one in the nation twice. Um, I've seen them play. They can beat anybody at any time. I've seen I, you know their 2011 and 17 teams are two of the best teams I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of the best teams in Southern California, but. A lot of people in Southern California have never seen him play, a lot of reporters. And so I made a tweet that, you know, Buchanan's going to have to prove itself to beat Bishop Amont in the first game. Otherwise, a lot of people in Southern California, not me, a lot of people in Southern California think, wow, what are they so afraid about? Um, they can't even beat Buchanan, one of our weaker teams. Um, and unfortunately, that's what happened. Now, it's only one baseball game, and it doesn't mean that much, really, but I sure wish they would have won that game. That would have made it a lot easier. <laughs> Losing in this next game, if they played Ayala or Jay Sarah or, you know, or Orange Lutheran, you know, those are great teams. It wouldn't have mattered. No one would have batted an eye because those are two of the, you know, three of the, of the, three of the five best teams maybe in the top 25 in the country as Buchanan was at the time, but um, that, that's what I was kind of, a, 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 you know, kind of, a, you know, alluding to um, was, that, was not what I think, but a lot of people down there are going to have that attitude about Buchanan baseball by losing that game. And maybe it was clumsy, but it's a tweet. So I'm not really editing tweets 
maybe as much as I should, but I didn't. And it <laughs> went out and it came out that we were thinking that about Buchanan. Well, that's not the truth. Yeah, and just to follow up, there is obviously a lot of people bent out of shape by those tweets and, um, I don't know, parents and players and, you know, former players. And um, I think it just – it sounded like, to your point, like it sounded like it came from like a Cal High Sports opinion as opposed to – uh, oh, this is what Southern California writers think about Buchanan. And I think people mm-hmm. saw that and saw the tweet and it was like, oh, Cal High Sports has such a huge following. Um, they kind of thought that maybe you guys were going against them or going against Buchanan and, and pushing them down. And I think that's kind of where everyone kind of got bent out of shape, thinking it was your opinion as opposed sure. to what you are trying to like kind of be a beacon to the opinion of for Southern California writers. Sure. Now, if I had written a, a column that was, uh, you know, a thought-out piece that made some points like that and people got upset, I can I could see that. But I, I didn't expect that kind of reaction from just uh, – basically, it was two tweets. Um, and, it, they, it, you know, Andy Bogard got – you know, went out went after us on, on that, that we were spineless for two tweets. And, you know, I, I know him a long time. And he, he just – he just, he's sticking up for his section, you know, and I, I know that. And a lot of people are sticking up for their section and, you know, maybe I'll just be more careful in the, in the future and writing a tweet that, that might be construed the wrong way. But it was, that was mainly the point. And if you, if you see in the final state rankings, Buchanan, they had to drop some spots. They were third when they lost the game. So they had to drop behind the, the you know, Ayala and Orange right. Lutheran and those teams, but they didn't drop any further than that. And that's all, you know, they didn't drop behind Bishop Amat even. Um, it helped Bishop Amat move up, but I wasn't even sure why Bishop Amat was even in that game. I had to be explained why, why they got picked. So um, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was too bad. It was one loss, and I know it came down to maybe one swing that could have gone fair and they might have won. But it's still it's and it's a baseball thing. But you know, and I've seen all the Buchanan teams over the a lot of them over the years. I haven't gone to a game in a couple of years for obvious reasons. But but the the teams I've seen, they play defense. They, their speed is great. Their pitching is great. Everything they do is first class. So I, I know that hopefully down the road, as the as the state playoffs, the Southern California regional playoffs, and and maybe next year if Buchanan's great again, they'll go to the north and. Play a play a different team and make the state finals and and it, it, that's all it'll take and and but there that there are the people in Southern California that that's how they look at Southern California baseball we're the best nobody else is close and this proves it you couldn't even beat our right. quarterfinal team that's what they'll say yeah and uh, just like not that you need to know these numbers this is more so for like our audience and. Um, I don't know. I don't think we have any Southern California listeners, but in case we do. Um, <laughs> we got some in Alaska, Austin. Remember we see those numbers? We got like 18 sure. people in Alaska. Yeah. That so I podcast. was just looking at some like Southern California powers and I was just tracking. I went through and did some research since like 2005. And uh, I looked at Buchanan first and I looked at their record against out of section opponents. And Buchanan since 2005 is 45, 14 and two which comes out to a 75% winning percentage against out-of-section teams. And then I looked at four uh, Southern section teams just to kind of see, like, do they just absolutely dominate when they get out of section? Do they – is it kind of – I was kind of hoping they were around the same as Buchanan. Um, but, like, I looked at Orange Lutheran since 2005. They're 40-10, and 
80%. That was the highest I saw. Uh, I saw Jay Sarah, who's 20 and 12, 62% winning percentage. Modern Day, 26 and 13, which is a 66% winning percentage. And then Notre Dame Sherman Oaks, 17 and 10, uh, 62% winning percentage. So again, um, like Southern California writers or media members, it just kind of goes to show that if, if they think that maybe the Southern California teams are so much superior and play the best baseball, I mean, they don't have the winning percentage when they go to these out of section teams and they don't, they don't dominate them at a clip that they're maybe like ego suggests that they, that they do. Yeah. They, they would probably argue that where the out of section games against because orange Lutheran is going and, and Jay Sarah's going to the national invitational right. tournament every year. They're going, yeah. to, you know, they're in the, the Boris classic every year. Before. That's what they'll say. I'm, I'm, I'm not, that's what they'll say playing devil's advocate. Right. Yeah. And I looked at those and they had, a, they did play quite a few out of state teams and they played some good teams like American heritage in Florida. They're, those are good programs. So they've also played a pretty good share of terrible teams when they, when they've been to those national short, like they've beaten some teams sure. from Colorado, Utah and Arizona. And it's like, well, he, uh, here's the bottom line. California is the best baseball state by far. Yeah. Um, and it's great everywhere. It's great in Sacramento. It's great in the Bay mm-hmm. Area. It's great in Fresno. It's great. It's great everywhere. It's great in San Diego. It's great in Orange County. It's great in Ventura County. You, you're not going to have bad competition anywhere. Um, I was hoping we were going to get the number one draft pick for the Mm. Uh, I think it would have been the eighth time in 13 years um, this couple couple days ago. We didn't. He went fourth. Oh, well, he only went fourth. <laughs> but, but, you know, it just shows you the, the type of, of depth that, that California has in baseball. It's just everywhere. And it's been that way for a long time. It's not it's not like a new thing. It's been a great state for, for uh, you know, 100 years. So, um, I think our state in baseball is unmatched, and I think where, wherever the competition, I think the great the competition is great everywhere. I really yeah, and, and I think it's I think it's the pitching that really separates maybe California from other states. And um, I like I do agree that the southern section is like on most years like depth wise is going to be better than the central section. But I think it's because of the pitching, and we just like we were just talking about the Buchanan Bishop sure. Mott game. Uh, Buchanan one through nine in the order. If you're talking batting wise, they were all they were superior. And you look at Amok's one through line lineup, and it was it was average at best. But they had two guys on the mound who you're probably taking over anyone Buchanan threw that day. And sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, that was their top guys. That wasn't their two and threes. That was their that was their one and twos. That wasn't their two and three guys. That was their top guys. They weren't saving anybody. Um, which showed in the next game when they when they played, they got beat pretty good. Um, so yeah, no, you're right. Pitching is a, is a huge part of it. You know, if you got if you can have two really good pitchers plus the guys on top of that, the yeah. depth is where it really makes a difference. I think the coaching and the competition of all these teams going against each other all the time really um, makes the talent get better and better and better. It hasn't really dropped off. Yeah, um, there are some there are some spots where we didn't have kids this year. It was only like yeah. four of the first forty. Usually, it's more like seven or eight of the first forty are from California. So, in that sense, it was a little far, a little worse than normal. But most years, just a lot of college guys and 
high school guys that get drafted way up there from California yeah. every year. And I, I think uh, I think we're going to have a, a one next year with Brock Jones from Buchanan. He's, oh, he's, he's tore it up with that, that, you know, for Stanford this year in the College World Series. I, I love your – do you go all the way to top 50 high school baseball teams of all time, Mark? Is it top yeah, 50? Well, it goes a little deeper because when we add teams, newer teams – we don't drop somebody. We just keep Got adding it. to it. Yeah. Okay. So we're not going to – when we started, there were 50 teams. But when we keep adding to it, you know, <laughs> teams come along. We're not going to drop somebody. So we're just going to alter the order and keep the same teams in there. So it, it expands. I think the last time was 60 maybe. Okay. Because uh, you keep adding teams. You know, even even the De La Salle team from two years ago that, that won 28 straight games – to start to end the season that we ranked number one and the team that was number two was Cypress, which was 31 and three from Southern California. They were, they were up there and this year's thousand Oaks team. And this year's, I don't know about Harvard Westlake. A lot of kids, a big argument, but I thought the thousand Oaks team this year was historically a great team going 30 and one and only losing one game by one run. And they had a first round draft pick too. So they, to, to me, historically, they were a team that could maybe be on there someday. And what I love about reading your the list up on your website is just all the major league players that come out from those teams and, and you know, a couple of Hall of Famers. Um, I know – I think it's probably surprised a lot of people that the Fresno High team of 1958 is still your number one and they're yep. probably not going to get beat maybe in 10 years or something if there's a team with a bunch of major leaguers. I don't know <laughs> what that looks like, but team with Dick Ellsworth and Jim Maloney and Pat Corrales. But what I love about that you and you put in in your little blurb about that '58 team is that five years after they graduated, those two pitchers were 20 game winners in Major League Baseball. Yes, that's they never going to yeah. happen. <laughs> that's no, amazing. No, it's not going to happen, and, and we're getting a lot of the their team comes up a lot nowadays because uh, currently in the major leagues there are three top pitchers who are all from Harvard Wesley. Yeah, uh-huh. in Studio City. Um, and that's Lucas Giolito, Jack Flaherty, and Max Freed. And they're all really good big-time starters. And they're not just good starters. They're, they're, they're like one or two starters for their teams. And they're from the same – they were on the same team, but it, it's kind of tricky. Everyone would say, oh, they're on the same team. Well, Max uh, Freed transferred in, so he wasn't there the year before. So when he comes in, he, he starts, and then Giolito gets hurt. So Giolito and Freed and and and, um, and uh, Freed were on the same team for like really about two weeks. Okay. <laughs> until, until Freed got hurt, uh, but technically they were all three on the same team. They weren't all pitching at the same time, maybe for a yeah. week. But n- that that's the tricky part of it. But everyone goes crazy because they're so good. Oh, that's amazing! All these guys from the same team. We go. Well, wait a minute. Did they win twenty games yet? Here's a team that had twenty game winners. <laughs> And they had a catcher who is a big-time major league player. And that's why – and their only loss was to college team, college freshman team that they beat three times. So, yeah, that is <laughs> it's amazing. When you research that team, it's just amazing. And of course, Bob Barnett, the great Bob Barnett, has all the information on that team. And when we do it, it it's all there and easy to see and get. And my uncle looked up a lot of game-by-game scores for that team. And uh, – it was amazing. So I still think they're they're right there. I mean, you can argue that Chatsworth, I think 2004, that went 35 and 0. That Mike Mustakis was their probably most mm-hmm. famous player. 
Um, he was only a freshman at the time, I think. But but that was a great team that was undefeated, had some great players in college, another couple MLB guys, and they uh, they're the only ones that really can make an argument to be to be higher than Fresno because they also had a long the state record win streak and many other reasons too. And just going over the list of some of the other central section teams, you got Clovis High from the, the 98 Clovis High team that was number one in the nation. You have them as the fourth best team of all time. You have the 2016 Buchanan team that you mentioned as number nine. Number 12, you got Bullard, that 1980 team, and number 19, Bullard from 89, which was my year. Um, and then Austin's team, the Buchanan team of 2011, you got 24. And, and you actually said in your blurb about the 20 uh, – the, the 2011 team is that's one of the best baseball teams you've seen in person. Yeah. What, what, yeah, what, yeah. Yeah. What stands out to you about, about some of those teams? Um, the speed they have on defense, the defensive play, their ability to make tough plays in the outfield. The speedy outfielders really good. What's that guy? Speedy outfielders uh, making a lot of big catches and getting good hits. Just it's very good defensively, very good, real balanced. I remember the balance hitting, you know, there's very few weaknesses, defense, pitching, um, offense, defense, um, all of it. You know, the enthusiasm of the players, the coaching is first class, everything is first class. And, I, I you know, it's hard to say those things kind of, teams can move up or move down. I think in an all time since, in a they, they, they are influenced by how the players do afterwards. How many of them, mm-hmm. you know, become made, you know, and George Brett was at El Segundo. They go up because he becomes a hall of famer. And of course they're going to go up, but you know, the, the, the two Fresno high pitchers didn't win 20 games in the major leagues. Maybe they're not as highly ranked. So, some of that is based on what they do afterwards, of course. And, you know, we're still at the, we still have guys playing for Buchanan uh, 2016. And then one of them just gets signed today, I think. Uh, Selma. Yeah, Quentin, yeah. Quentin Selma. Quentin Sel- Selma just got, uh, got, Selma just got signed today. So some of that is, you know, you wait to see, you know, and yeah. see how good they are. I think part of it is, uh, some teams build on the success of others, but the Clovis team that was way up there, uh, was part of a repeat. So um, mm-hmm. th- they were really good the year before, and then they come back and they're really good again. So some of that's historical kind of significance. You know, if they're a, a two-time number one in the state, that's 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 really good, you know. That's pretty good to beat. That's hard to beat that. Um, but So we'll just see. Some of it, some of it you know, you, you read, you look at it two or three years down the road and change it up a little bit. You don't drop anybody. You might move teams up. And you do that in all the sports, you know, football, uh, with, with players from St. John Bosco from 2013, you know, you know, guys from, you know, De La Salle 2001 with Maurice Jones-Drew ends up leading the NFL and rushing. Well, that makes their team look a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when their top running back goes to the NFL and leads the league in rushing. So um, some of that stuff is based on what happens after. Yeah, I'm biased. I think I think the 11 <laughs> Buchanan team is the best Buchanan team of all time, but that's just that's just being a little bit biased. But I will say, of all the good Buchanan teams, that that 2011 team going off the Cal High Sports uh, top 40 rankings, they have the most wins of any Buchanan team uh, against true. teams who finished in your final top 40. So I'm just gonna throw that in there. <laughs> 
We're a great team. Uh, you know, you get nitpicky, but great is great, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You'll remember, you'll remember those guys, those moments forever. Yeah. It's great to see them win the last game the way, that, you know, the way they did. I don't think there was much uh, uh, much difficulty down the street. No. We, no. Beat, uh, we beat Centennial with Grant Watson on the mound, and uh, we scored nine runs. Like, they had, they had a couple errors for sure, but, uh, yeah, we took it to them early and, and kind of sailed. Yeah, it was, it was a nice day. Yeah. And, then he was pitching, and then he was pitching in the College World Series three years later. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, that's the guy we did. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I, I, I don't know, Austin, is there more baseball? I mean, we could talk about baseball, it sounds like, for another hour and a half, but we got some other things to talk about. You got We can move on. Okay. Um, we Mark that. We could edit that part out. Um, Mark, I want to get into football. A little bit as well. Again, kind of going off of your your top teams of all time, and and you know the central section. And, and I know you you mentioned this before, and and you're spot on. We just we don't have those powers that SoCal does. Uh, the modern days of St. John Bo- St. John Bosco's, the De La Salle's, right? Um, and the, the the only two teams that are in your your top teams of all time are, are a couple Bakersfield schools. Um, why do you think that's been an issue besides what you mentioned? Um, you know, with there's no, uh, you know, St. Clovis schools that can pull from that. <laughs> so, what, you know, it's just, you know, I think we just have a lot of schools that have 2,000 kids, 2,500 kids in the puppet school. I know we had Central had that really good team two years Central ago, had, right? Had, had, had a great kids. season. I think you have to you have to look at it in perspective here. St. John Bosco and De La Salle and, and uh, Modern Day are in a different sandbox than anybody else in California. They get players – De La Salle may not even be in the same sandbox as the other two. Um, they're getting players from all over the place, all over. Even Northern California kids going to Southern California to go to modern day, like Relique Brown from Stockton. Um, it's just a different, it's just a different animal. Um, and, and, you know, to compare yourselves to, to what they've done, I mean, in a way, you know, Bosco and Modern Day should get some credit for doing what they've done because they're damn, no one's ever never caught cheating or anything else. They're, the players are moving there, um, so. But that that's that's the reality where it is the last five or six years. Um, and and De La Salle has been the dominating team in, in in the rest of Northern California outside of losing those games to Clovis West. Yeah. Um, all these years and they've done it a different way. They don't get the recruits and the transfers, but they get players from all over too. Uh, Cause they want kid parents want to go there. And so, I mean, yeah, they get players from, from around as well. So uh, when you're in the diff, the other sandbox, which is where the central section teams are, it's not actually, you know, when you, when you're a central and you go 15 and 0 and you win the D one AA title, that's huge. That's a big deal. And that shouldn't be diminished because they're not Bosco, they're not Modern Day, they're not De La Salle. Um, that's a pretty big deal. Um, and to me, the most exciting part of the, the football race in California isn't who's number one, because it's going to be one of two teams in the last six, seven years. Whoever wins the last game and then wins state. Okay, the more exciting stuff is the D1AA and the D1A games, because you don't know who's going to come up and, maybe be a super team and, and do really well and perhaps, you know, win a state title that they've never won before. And that's what was so great about Central, you know. Um, 
And I think that's a, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You, you don't have a, a dominant superpower, but that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think mean, it's probably a good thing. Um, We've had our Strathmores that have done great and a couple sure. other runs like that, right? Yeah, no, those things are great. Um, and, and they're still going to be out there and they're exciting and they're great for the communities. And none of these teams, I mean, none of these teams have to worry about playing Bosco or Modern Day. They're never going to play them because they're going to be in the open division. And De La Salle is going to be in the open division. So nobody else has to worry about playing them. Um, until De La Salle loses to a Folsom or somebody like that, they're going to be in the open division every year too. So the, the, the other sandbox is, is much bigger and it's more exciting than the one that's, that's at the top with all the D1 recruits and the great media attention. And it's not to take anything away from what they're doing, but it's, it's in a way it's boring. You know, we know they're great. They're going to slaughter everybody else except themselves. Maybe Servite this year will will be up there, but we'll see. Um, otherwise, that's it, you know. And and if you're not gonna, the way the state is set up with the open division, um, most teams in the central section, almost every team in the Sac Joaquin, every team in San Diego, every team in the southern sec southern section outside of the Trinity League. <laughs> um, Every team in the, in the Bay Area outside of De La Salle, they're all in that big sandbox. And it's, you never know who's going to come out of there. And that's where things get exciting. And, and yeah, the central section doesn't have a number one all-time great team. But it's like I said, they, they don't, it, it it's just reflective of, of, of what the state has been for, you know, 20, 25 years with the De La Salles and the modern days and the Boscos and all that. So, mm -hmm. So um, I want to mention too some of – you guys do, just do a great job at Cal High Sports just recognizing coaches up and down the state. Um, <laughs> a, lot of our, a lot of our Clovis Unified coaches have been coaches of the year, have been awarded. Uh, Craig Campbell, the Clovis West girls basketball coach, you mentioned their programs have done, done a great job. Mike Noel, softball coach at Clovis, who was a star uh, baseball player at Fresno State and played football as well, graduated from Clovis West. Uh, Coach Donald, Coach Tom, Tom Donald, and, and James Patrick at Clovis. Um, you also mentioned, like, the state track and field meet that's held in Clovis and the state swim meet. Unfortunately, you know, those two weren't able to happen this year. But, um, you know, what, what, do you, what can you say about the facilities and about the coaching at Clovis Unified? Because I've heard that there's some SoCal teams that, that come up and play some of our baseball teams, and, and they're like, well, hold on, this is – this is high school. Like the facilities are top notch. You know what? You've been, you've, you've seen everything up and down the state. What can you say about like the facilities at Clovis Unified? Yeah, they're, they're the best. Um, the football stadiums, not just Memorial Stadium. La Monica is an awesome place to see a game. Um, so, I mean, the, the facilities are great. The swimming meet, the, the, and it's just reflective of the community support for high school sports and their high schools in their school district over the years, you know, going back to Doc Buchanan started it all, you know, it's just a different difference to cool district than usually see. I know a lot of people like to, you know, taking jobs there from other school districts, you know, prominent coaches have moved there. Yeah. It's when I, when I just think about some of the, the top programs that come out of our central section, Clovis Unified, just the consistency that I see with coaching as well, you know, with Coach Campbell and, and uh, you know, Coach Donald, just the expectations that I see. 
Um, it's yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. And, uh, I, I think like with Clovis West, do you think Clovis West girls basketball put some more respect, um, being, especially being a public school in the state of California? I know basketball, you have other guys that really cover it hardcore, but what, what, what do you think the, the, uh, the national title and the, the open division title for Clovis West girls basketball said about, said about the section? Um, the open division title said a lot. They beating beating Archbishop Nitty, and not not just that game, but winning in the Southern Regional over Long Beach Poly, or I think that was who they beat to get yeah. there. Um, but that that said even more because that's usually where they would go and lose, you know, uh, to the Southern Southern California team. Um, they were reluctant that year to put Clovis West in the North because they didn't want. They figured Nitty and them were the two best teams, um, which they were right that, that year. They were the two best teams. Um, and, and, and then I think this year, you know, you look at this year's Clovis West team beating St. Mary's of Stockton after St. Mary's beat Mitty. And then, um, there was some, there was some thought that, that when they went down and played Corona Centennial, that they were going to get blown out pretty bad because mm -hmm. Corona Centennial was blown. They were blowing a lot of people out. And even though they just lost to, to modern day, and that was a close game. It was it was a ten point yeah. game, a close game at halftime. I think that said a lot too to a lot of people in Southern California, especially uh, because Centennial was a great team. I mean, they ended up beating Monterey in a rematch um, pretty easily, and uh, um, that was a great team. And and then it, that ended up being Clovis West's only loss was that one. Um, so I think they're they're still on the right track. They've got some good young players in basketball, and they'll be they'll be very good. You know. Um, you know, they're, they're looking for a little more competition in their section. They haven't really – they've had it over the years, certain places, but not so much lately. Um, but um, it, I think they have shown a lot uh, in, in, in helping their, their image statewide, both in North and South. I do want to ask you too, Mark, about your opinion of, of, the, of the state football playoffs, getting back to football a little bit. Do you think do you think it's watered down <laughs> at all? I know basketball just it was just obviously with COVID is just super strange and and all the all that stuff that went on with that. But do you think the state football playoffs are watered down at all? What's your, what's your opinion on you know Division Six Two A and you know I know it's great for the communities and stuff, but what, what's your opinion on that? Um. I think it's good in some ways, but it's the way they seed it with competitive equity, and and you can have a matchup of Milpitas playing Strathmore with a very large public high school that has been basically competitive equity down to D six AA. And they get to go play Strathmore. Strathmore played well; they almost won. It still doesn't mean they shouldn't have been in the. Uh, in a game against Milpitas. That doesn't mean that that game should have still happened. Um, that part of it I don't like at all, but I alluded to the parts I do like. I think the top part of it, the D1AA, the D2, the, the first few divisions are exciting. The teams are good. They're all section champions. Um, they're not going to be seated too crazily because they're the top, top champions in, in those sections moving down and so they're not they're not too bad when you get down to some of the the d4aa and the d5 it gets kind of silly with some of the teams that are in it because you can find teams that are basically third place in their league playing another team second place yeah. in the, 
is that really a championship? I, I don't know. You know, I'm not yeah. sure. And you see it in basketball too, with competitive equity seating in the lower divisions. It just doesn't mean that. Well, Mark, this this has been a great conversation. We really appreciate you. I really value your opinion and and your your attention to detail. And you know, we've we've had some great conversations when we've met on the sidelines, and we've had some good emails and texts back and forth to each other. And remember, you you wrote your book. You want to talk about your book a little bit? I you went you came to Fresno for a book signing at Barnes and Noble, and, and I showed up. And we ended up talking for like an hour and a half, and so that was great talking about the same type yeah, of stuff was, we're yeah. talking about today. So you know, where obviously uh, where can you where can we find your website and subscription, and you know, maybe mention your book a little bit. Well, the book has been a few years ago in the making. It uh, was called High School Football in California. It was uh, fun to do. Um, it's pretty much, The whole project is pretty much over now with the COVID and everything else. And I'm thinking about what my ne- if, if there's going to be another book that I'll do and what it might be and how I might get it published or posted or whatever. Um, but it was fun and it was good. And, and it was uh, – thought of it the other, earlier when Tom Flores got voted into the Hall of Fame because I was able to speak. He's probably the most prominent person I spoke to when I wrote the book um, and about his years growing up and, and uh, coaching in general was great. Um, but beyond the book, uh, the, the website's going well. Um, we didn't get hammered too bad by COVID. Now everything's back up. The problem now is everybody's playing at the same time and we have four sports <laughs> wrapping up with basketball and foot basketball baseball softball all state teams we haven't even done yet so we're in a race to try to get it done before the first football games which is not that far off like a a month and a half month and a half away um it's going to be a race and uh to try to get everything done and once that's done we'll hopefully get get things more back to normal and if people are interested they just check our sites cal c-a-l-h-i sports.com there's a lot of free content people can see to see the type of work we do, the type of work that's behind the paywall that's in our subscription uh, platform or things like state records, the all-time teams that you mentioned, um, some of the other all-time lists, um, a lot of the all-state all archives, um, many, many things are, are archived and historical or what we, what we charge for. And the weekly rankings as the seasons progress, we put those uh, behind the paywall as well. And, and there's, you try to make it about a 50-50 split. Uh, but there's plenty of free stuff people can look at look look at on the site and see if they like it and if they want to give us uh, you know three ninety nine a month is all it takes to become a member. Um, it's it, it helps us out over the course of time and um, we really appreciate the people that have subscribed. And I know we have a lot of fans in the central section and uh, we're appreciative of of the the coverage we get from people like yourself and, and down in Bakersfield, Fresno B and, and all throughout the Valley. It, it, it really helps us out a lot. Thank you. And we appreciate you too, Mark. I know you've, you've read, read referenced the Clovis sports report a couple of mm-hmm. times and you retweeted our stuff and we really appreciate that. Yeah. three ninety nine a month. I mean, that's like, that's less than a Starbucks a month. Come on people. Let's go. All right. <laughs> yes. Thank you. All right, Mark. We appreciate your time and hopefully we'll talk to you super soon and see you in person. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Austin. Thank you. Take care. Good to talk to you.